and gentlemen, welcome back to Podcast Room 303, episode 89. Man, we're almost at 90. I'm your host, Jermaine Colon-Mendez. This is my co-host, Nicholas Moran. And as always, we have Intern E. How are you doing this evening, Nick? Oh, that's right. You're not fucking here, you bum. You decided to go on a vacation to a tropical island. He's like, you know what? I guess islands don't have internet. He's not dedicated to this podcast. So for all you listeners that have the audacity to put me in your mentions and say your team, Nick, eat a dick. I hold this podcast together. Without me, there'd be no creative direction, no matter how poor it is. Without me, there'd be no focus and structure. So with that being said, double birds to all my listeners, because I'm the God King. Anyways, how are you doing this evening, E? Uh, doing really good, man. I was uh, kind of worried about the intro here, and then I realized I was free of the oppression and tyranny that is Nicholas Morahan, so I was like, yeah, it's going to be good. So it's been a good day. And then I got to watch him bust his ass, which was fantastic. Oh, my God. Can we just take a second to talk about that? Like, I've never I've never had, like, an opinion on live photos before. You know, like, the burst, yeah. shot, the burst shot that Apple builds into their camera game. Right? Yeah. I've never had an opinion. I never disliked it or liked it. You know what I mean? I was just like, oh, it's a thing that it does. And I moved on with my day. This is the one time that live photos has been essential to my life. But I, I couldn't agree more, man. I always thought it was like the most pointless feature. I was like, who cares about the 30 seconds or like two seconds before you take the picture in this situation? We it care. Was pivotal. <laughs> we care. It was essential. So for those of you listening at home, Nicholas Morhan is currently gallivanting on some tropical island. We'll say destination unknown until he returns. So that way you can't stalk him there with his fame and celebrity. But he's hanging from a vine off of a tree. And he decides to go full magic Nick and swing his feet into the air like he's at a stripper club trying to earn them ones. <laughs> and the vine cannot hold a 200 and, you know, what, five pound man. And so the vine snaps off the tree. His feet are in the air. His back is parallel with the ground. And he goes straight down. Dude, I can't stop laughing. And it's a mental image that's burned in my head forever. There's two things in that video. One, how his glasses shoot off his head when he smacks <laughs> yeah, the ground. And then say. his buddy's celebrating. Was the best part. They just both throw their hands up in the air, like their beers in their hands, like, yes. <laughs> Great. I'm so glad that's on camera, man. I'm so glad we have that forever. I, I saved that photo to my photos. Like, that's how hysterical that incident is. I'm forever going to troll him with that. Oh, uh, man. Oh, uh, that was fantastic. So instead of standing, being here today to hold up his end of the show that he says he works so hard on, yeah, right, right, buddy. So with that being said, as always, we have a lot planned for you. We're at, you know, we'll go with third of the season mark, you know, or sorry. We're at, it's a little more than half, but it's, or, or a quarter. Yeah, we're like, you I'd know, say a third. We're, we're in a weird gray area. We're going to go ahead and say we're in a, we're a third way through the NBA season. So E and I are going to go through, bring to you the first ever Room 303 NBA power rankings. We're going to discuss the season at length, revisit some of our over-under bets we had for season win totals, which we love season win total bets here. Uh, some of them are going good. Some of them going bad. Uh, here's looking at you, Lakers. 
and and then we'll get into head to head as always, and we'll discuss NFL Week 14. We'll talk about uh, playoff implications, surprises, disappointments, and then we'll get into bets that we like this week. There will be no Nick's betting nuggets. He decided to not provide us with any information. He just said, nope, not doing it this week. I'm too good for y'all. You don't appreciate me anyways. He's he's actually holding out right now. That's why he's not here. He's trying to get more pay. And to that point, I will say for everybody, if, if you are riding with Nick, if you like his model and you're betting, I would confidently say – Without a doubt in my mind, fade whatever we say today in true podcast fashion. Because I haven't picked a winner. I have. I literally am deleting DraftKings from my my phone because I don't pick winners. Doesn't exist. <laughs> like I, I could have a a clear lead, clear clear winner, and I'd get it wrong. I picked fucking Amanda Nunez. I was like, I can't get this wrong. Yeah. Oh, oh my god. So. I'm glad that you mentioned that because I didn't even realize that that happened. First of all, I have some quick housekeeping to clean up before we move into the UFC fight that shocked the world. Uh, the tap out heard around the world, which is funny because it's such a silent sound. But a uh, bit, bit of housekeeping that should have opened the podcast. Go Navy beat Army, you fucking bums. And I will say they were looking fresh as fuck out there. Dude. Navy always looks good. If we lose 53 to zero in that game, we will look fire always because Navy's uniforms always look good. If you haven't seen the Navy uniforms, I pretty much shared it to everyone I know, but they, I believe it's the F 18 super Hornet. I could be wrong on the number. Yeah. And the a in it stands for attack. So the F 18, the F a 18 super Hornet was painted hand painted on the side of the helmet. Right. Then it had the top gun insignia, on the top uh, left sh- breast of the jersey. Oh, man. It was so clean. The cleats with the gold bottom, the red, white, and blue stripes. Oh, it was it was a clean look, man. It was They got the uniforms right. And they got oh. the win, so. And we got the win. Suck Good. my butt, Army. You're a bunch of trash. Boo you. All right. With that being said, dog, Amanda Nunes? I, speechless. I was out of town that this that this past weekend, so I haven't actually yeah. seen the fights. But everyone texted me. <laughs> so, so I uh I wasn't gonna buy them. Everybody was gone. I was like I was sitting at home just chilling by myself, and I was like, yeah, I'm not gonna buy these damn fights. And then I started seeing the results coming through Twitter, and I was like, all right, well, let's you know, I know Dana doesn't like it, but let me see if I can stream this bitch. And I jumped in right at the beginning of that fight, and I will say I'm glad I did because I witnessed history. I do think the comeback's gonna be great. But she stood in there, exchanged blows with this chick, took her took her licks on her chin, and still managed to tap her out. It was phenomenal. The crowd reaction was the best thing, though. Joe Rogan's face was by far the best thing that happened that night. It was nobody could believe it. All the female fighters were clapping. All the female fighters were like, "Thank you for dethroning this bitch." Got news for you, though. she's coming back. Yeah, I mean, she's the lioness. So I don't think this is the last thing we've heard. Um. What what I was gonna ask? It's so funny because I every time I see a man and Nunes on the card, I if I'm not buying it, I have to buy it for the other fights because I always think like mm-hmm. I'll watch her win retroactively. You know what I mean? Like it's just a booked win, so I'm not really gonna spend money to to watch it. I was out of town, so I was doing a gallivanting in the streets of Kansas City, Missouri, and I was like, I'm not gonna buy this fight. I'm not gonna be at home to watch it. Damn, I missed it. Where was this fight at? Do you know? Uh, actually, I wasn't paying attention, but I believe it was in Vegas. Okay, 
All right. I, yeah. was just, I was just curious if it was like in Juliana Pena's hometown or if it was in, you know, Nunes. No, I'm, I'm almost positive that with everything that's going on right now, that most of the fights are going to be in Vegas. Yeah. Or Abu Dhabi. Yeah. Or Where I would, uh, I would love to go to Fight Island. <laughs> that would be so sick, dude. It would. Uh, you know what we should do? We should look into planning a UFC fight and a Grand Prix race. Like a Formula One race, yeah. Like bookend a trip, catch a catch a little F one and a little UFC at the same time. That'd be fucking amazing. Yeah. So uh, shout out to Juliana Pena because we haven't actually talked about the the woman who won that fight. Yeah. Uh, By the way, Julia Pena, new. Oh, what is the division? Uh, uh, Featherweight. It's. uh, Let me pull it up real quick. Man, all of a sudden I'm blanking. I think on it's the, the bantam. I think it was the bantam one. Bantam weight. All right, so yeah. I'm blanking on the weight right now. Um, other thing, other notable events to happen this weekend. Shout out Bryce Young for winning the Heisman. Um, it was it was the bantam. Okay, bantam weight. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so shout out Julia Pena. Shout out Bryce Young for winning the Heisman. Shout out Charles Oliveira for defending the title. I didn't see the diamond winning it, but my heart of hearts wanted him to win it. And then. Uh, I, yeah. I I mean I know people like Poirier. He's he's just not a championship like he is a championship contender, but I don't think he's a championship fighter. A lot of those guys are just better than him. This dude is uh the, the current Chapel Oliveira. People are start putting some respect on his name. It, it, he might hold this belt for two or three more fights. I think the one that he loses is Islam. We don't have to get into that, but I think that's when he'll lose it is when he fights Islam. Makayev, right? What? Yeah. Makachev or yeah, I don't. Yeah. I always apologies in advance for butchering your name, but it will happen. So, yeah. uh, as much as I practice it, I'm still gonna mess it up. Um, yeah, no, Charles. Charles. The the scary part about Charles Oliveira is he can he can beat you so many different ways. Yep. And so we have a gambling group chat. Shout shout out the group chat. And they asked if Dustin Poirier was to play, and I responded with, "I don't think so." Oliveira can beat him too. Can beat an opponent too many different ways. I think Oliveira wins this fight, but I'll defer to, to the more experienced MMA betters. And then sure enough, also here's what was crazy: is like it was the first title defense for a champion, right? So this was his first defense because he'd just coming off winning the title, and he was a dog. Yeah, disrespect. Yeah, and so I was just like, look, I want the champion defending the belt as a dog like that like why would you not take the dog in that fight it, it just it blows my mind that the man who has the belt the man who that fight if you watch that Chandler fight he earned that belt he was getting mugged for the first round came back ended the fight in the second round essentially did the same thing this fight was you know Poirier was taking it to him on the on his feet stood in there took it like a man and then all of a sudden he's on his back standing up and Poirier is unconscious it's the the dude is like you said any angle you come at him, he's gonna he's gonna be able to defend it, or he's got his own angle he can come at you at. Yeah, he really embodies the the mixed martial art where a lot of these like uh, fighters that everyone seems to glorify, myself included. I love I love watching people just stand there and trade, but he really can get you submission wise, and that's how he ended up. He ended up tapping, right? Yeah, he he uh, rear naked chokehold, choke, standing yeah. rear naked chokehold. Yeah, he was on his back. Poirier was standing yeah. against the cage. He tapped. Yeah. yeah, I just wanted to make sure because you said he was he was asleep, and I was just like, uh. If you look at the video, <laughs> man, it looks like he kind of, you know, dozes off. Oh, for a the the choke put him out is what you're. Yeah, saying. the choke right, put yeah. him out. Yeah. All right, and then there was one other thing this weekend. 
Um, the four. <laughs> I know where you're going so, with this. Formula One racing had its championship decided this weekend uh, over a series races point system, right? Um, mm-hmm. a, uh, absolute racing god hashtag is better than Michael Schumacher. Accept it. Uh, maybe I could shorten that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Lewis, Lewis Hamilton was on the final lap after a restart. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, final lap after a restart gets passed by Max Verstappen in what is the pull off emergency lane and passes him and Max Verstappen passes Lewis Hamilton and ends up winning the Formula One Grand Prix championship. So that's all accurate, but I did some further research and I asked, I reached out to some people that I know that watch uh, F1 and they said the thing was that they literally change the rule mid-race. So when they do the stoppage and the emergency car comes on, all the cars are supposed to pass. In this situation, they only let five cars pass, and then they remove the, the, the emergency vehicle. So they broke their own rules, which in a way, the guy explained it to me. I'm not going to dive into it because you know it's, um, it's not my sport. But that act itself is what enabled, uh, what's his name, Verstappen to win the race. So the F1, like, they immediately and directly impacted the outcome of the race by doing what they did. And multiple drivers have come out and said, yo, it's cool that you won, but you shouldn't have won it like that. Hamilton should have won his fifth. He should have taken the record from Schumacher. He'll get it next year. He's the clear-cut best driver in the game. So, uh, but yeah, there's a lot of owners, a lot of drivers that are saying it was F1 just changed the rules, and it's just, it's unacceptable. So everyone, everyone is... I mean, I cannot see. Like, and, I, I was going to say, and props to Lewis for the way he handled it when, when they asked him about it. He was calm. He was humble. He was, you know, said nice things. Obviously, inside, he wants to blow up, but he handled it like a champ. Yeah, he should be. He should have because he is the champ. Uh, Verstappen, uh, as far as Room 303 is concerned, you are uncrowned. You are undeserving. And uh, I'm just going to have to say, piece of shit. <laughs> so eat a dick we're pro uh lewis <laughs> lewis hamilton now um everyone who covers the sport everyone who's participated in the sport everyone who has anything to do with the sport as even including fans on twitter had this bad boy trending for all the wrong reasons yeah I, I, this governing body does not like their best driver and instead of getting behind him and making him a star they decide to back this 24-year-old kid instead because they don't want anyone to be better than Michael Schumacher, which makes no sense. You and want the next Michael Schumacher. The funny thing is, is before the race started, they did this whole like video presentation on Lewis Hamilton's upbringing. Uh, <coughs> sorry, excuse me. Lewis Hamilton's upbringing, all the racism he endured coming up, all the people looking at him sideways like they, he didn't belong and him and his family didn't belong. And after that tribute and after honoring him with that, they wanted to go ahead and, and screw him out of a championship. Yeah, so they pretty much vindicated that video by saying, yeah, we're still racist. Yeah. <laughs> we still don't like this guy. For whatever reason, I have no proof that it's racism. But I'm also not born yesterday. I mean, he's the only black driver. Yeah, I'm, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, I have no proof, but, like, also, who else does this happen to? You know, so this yeah. this akin this is akin to the Montreal screw job when uh, Shawn Michaels 
kicks Bret Hart's face off, and then they speed count it and say Bret Hart loses because and in Toronto, yeah, Bret Hart's hometown. hometown or yeah. sorry, no, it's called the Montreal screw job. It was in Montreal, <laughs> obviously not Toronto. And it's because Bret Hart was leaving the very next day to WCW and WWF didn't want their champion. That would have been devastating. If your champion walked out the door and showed up on WCW with the belt, Bret Hart said he wasn't going to do that, which I believe him because he is, uh, he's a third generation heart, you know, heart wrestler. They're like one of the big families of wrestling with like the Rhodes and the flair. He was like, I told him I'll lose it the next day on Monday Night Raw. And, yeah, for whatever reason, it's one of the most iconic moments. And now I'm like, yo, Formula One has its own Montreal Screwjob. Where was this race at? Uh, I hope it's in Canada, uh, like Ontario. No, it was – it's in the it, – I believe it's Abu Dhabi. Oh, it was in Abu Dhabi? Yeah. Oh, I, you're right. It was. Yeah. So we need the, the Abu Dhabi – Race a okay. screw over. Yeah, screw <laughs> screw job just doesn't go with Abu. Yeah, yeah, I don't got it. Anyways, we'll gotta move on. So, as he and I covered at the beginning of the show, when we were burying Nick for being an absolute bum, you fucking turd nugget. You have Wi-Fi. Anyways, we're getting into the NBA season, and boy, I don't really know. This season's been topsy turvy. There's been a lot of storylines happening at the same time, and it's been very exciting. Rule changes have impacted bas- bas- play of basketball, has sped it up even more, which is crazy because it's been so fast the last five or six years. But it's actually made it better. Refs aren't chopping. So much. Yeah, they're not. You're not. They're not like Houston DJs doing chopped and screwed on the <laughs> basketball games and like sapping the flow. So it's. It's been a drastically improved product. And I will say with the power rankings as well, we're going to demonstrate that there is a a clear cut parity in the league right now. There's a few really ace teams that you're like, okay, for sure. Title contenders. I would say that's about three. Eric will probably say that's four. I just don't, (laughs) I don't, I don't like the fourth team. I just don't see it. And every year I have this, I have to say this to people. They're not going to do it. They won't do it, blah, blah, blah. And then when the playoffs hit, they don't do it, aren't going to do it, won't do it. And I'm right. So I see three true contenders right now. But with that being said, E, how do you want to start this? Uh, Do you want to just work 10 down? Yeah, I mean, obviously you don't want to go one. Um, but I was going to say, do you want to do the NBA win totals first and then we'll get into the rankings or you want to do it the other way around? Uh, uh, let's knock out the win totals. I have it pulled up right now anyway. Okay. So we did an episode for, to honor the start of the NBA season. E Nick and I went through, uh, win totals based on, uh, we're not an official sponsor of the podcast, unofficial sports book, Bovada. And they're trash. Don't use them. <laughs> so um, I picked five. Nick picked four. Eric picked five. And here we are. So Eric has them pulled up currently, and he'll go through it. Go ahead, Eric. All right. So you want me to just go through everybody's and see where it lines up right now? 
Yeah, see, so we have the initial line. You can tell us what the new line is, and then we'll discuss. All right, so we'll start with yours. Your first pick was the Brooklyn under, 56 and a half. Right now, if this app would ever load, it is – God bless, it's not popping up. Sorry. Oh, DraftKings yeah. Draft is just as bad as Bovada. I'll tell you that right now. He said he was prepared. I guess not, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> No, it's it's just literally not loading. He's like the Sixers. He's choking on the big stage. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Hey, and don't bring the Sixers into this. And Kawhi Leonard spins baseline, fades yeah. away, out of bounds, shoots over in his the, feet. In One, this situation, the DraftKings apps is Kawhi three, Leonard. four. And it's in. Four bounces. The Raptors win. Oh, They're so going to the Eastern Conference Finals. It's actually stayed. It's actually stayed at 56 and a half. Oh, that's good. All right. Yeah. Um, let's see here. And then we have you took the Chicago over 42 and a half, which was looking really nice, given the fact that they are one of the best teams in the league. And right now theirs is at 48 and a half. Oh, that jumps six games. Hell yeah. I like to see that. I know COVID's going to COVID's going to. I feel like COVID is going to have a lot to say on these win totals hitting just because um, of what's currently happening. So for those of you who've been living under a rock with Patrick Starr, um, it seems like every team has been hit by COVID. We looked at it earlier. Chicago has 11 and Brooklyn has 10 or it's the other way around. Chicago has 10 and Brooklyn has 11 players either on the injured list or sick. With COVID, like that's a staggering number if you consider that they have twelve active players on game day usually, and they usually have fifteen man rosters for practice. Uh, uh, so it's Chicago eleven, Brooklyn ten, and the Nuggets uh, had ten, and the Bucks have seven. Yeah, seven just doesn't sound as ridiculous when you say which seven is a lot. But it just doesn't when you're in double figures. Like it, you're like, oh, seven's not that bad. And even though you should be like, well, that's a starting five, your sixth man, and the next guy up. <laughs> that's, so it's it's bad. It's there's tons of stars everywhere getting uh, hit with this. Uh, it's happened to it's happened to Giannis, James Harden, Zach Levine, Demar Derozan, and I mean, there's many, many, many more that I'm just not even naming right now. So this can impact this. So I'm hoping that Chicago can stay afloat with all those people missing. All right, Golden State. All right, so Golden State's at uh, – you took the under at 48 and a half. <laughs> <laughs> They're at 52 and a half right now. Uh, so that's a four-game swing based on the start of the season. Uh, yeah, I guess I don't know what – I guess I don't know what I was thinking. And I, I, was and I do like, want to – I do want to – let it known. I Bavada's not working right now. It's not giving me the futures, so I am using DraftKings, uh, and the original lines were on Bavada. So I'm not 100% sure if the the changes are that the same, but it, they're usually in the same general area. Yeah, it's it, this is fine. Uh, DraftKings is probably better than well, not probably DraftKings. I don't even use DraftKings, but I know it's better because Bavada's terrible. Um. All right. So next we have the Los Angeles Lakers. You took the over at 51 and a half right now. They've dropped to 45.5. I'm happy, but also that's so stupid. Yeah. So stupid. It's just 
They're just uh, not a good basketball team, man. They're really not. They're really – and the latest report I saw today is they're, they are talking Russell Westbrook trades. Who yep. wants Russell Westbrook? 38, 33-year-old hero ball point guard who can't hit a three-point shot, is not good from the free throw line, and has a terrible basketball IQ. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it earlier, and I went back and I looked, and I was like, let's see a team that he could immediately go on and make an impact, and it's there's nobody. There's nobody that he could go to, and I'd be like, they're a better team. You know who they should trade him to? Wait, how, I don't know how many years Russell Westbrook has. I think he has one or two more years. I think actually, I think this year plus one more year. Uh, just send him back to Oklahoma City. I mean, <laughs> just purgatory him. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if he'd want. I don't know if they'd welcome him back. Honestly, give us give us some young players that can eat up minutes because we got all these old knees on our squad. <laughs> all right, next one's Memphis. Memphis, you took the over at 41 and a half. Their over is now 44 and a half. 44 and a half. So it's jump yeah. three. It's All right. Jump so three. Uh, that Memphis one works for Eric as well. He took the Memphis over. And Nick also took the Lakers over because we were just like, he, Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis, LeBron James. What can go wrong? Well, uh, everything. Everything could go wrong for that team. They can all forget how to unanimously play basketball. I, I, I wish I could I, – I mean, I can. I have the technology to do it. But I wish I would have the, the wherewithal to record my friends when they watch Laker games. And we could probably just have a podcast of the most ridiculous shit these fools say. Like, just – there's every excuse in the book except for the fact that we suck. Yeah, yeah. And it's all – and everything's geared towards defending LeBron. Yeah. So they turn into Mr. Smith for the Matrix. You know what I mean? Like they, they are so programmed to defend LeBron that it's everyone else but him. <laughs> exactly. And, and I will say to that point, though, LeBron is playing good. Um, he's playing some great basketball. But at this point, at this age in his career, like he's, he's got he's got to have help and they just don't have the right help around him. It's just it's just really weird how if somebody was putting up these numbers on a bad team, which is what LeBron's doing. You, they'd be saying, yeah, but it's on a bad team. Yeah. Right. They mm-hmm. say it all the time. Jeremy Grant, Nikola Vucevic. They were saying it for Julius Randle until Julius Randle carried them to the playoffs last year. Right. Yeah. Brad Bradley Beal. Like how many times is it said they're putting up numbers on a bad team? That was Kevin Love. That was Chris Bosh. Yeah. Right. But when LeBron does it, even you turned into Mr. Smith right there, and you were like, "Well, he, I will say he's playing good basketball." He is, but it's it's it, it, the individual performance doesn't matter in the team sport. Like it helps you have great players, but you have to have a team to win, man. And he just doesn't have it. Anthony Davis is a scared little bitch. He doesn't like contact. Whatever, we're not gonna get into it. But um, we'll get back to the. Uh, so we finished your picks. We're jumping in the Knicks. Uh, Nick has the steal of the season, I think. He took the Cleveland over at 26 and a half. It is now 43.5. Could you imagine if this doesn't hit? So they currently sit at 17 and 12. Could like, is that a bad beat? If this doesn't hit, I feel like the way they're playing the the remaining schedule that we talked about earlier, uh, pre-show. Uh, yes, that is a very bad beat. If they can't win what, <laughs> yes. nine more games this year. Come on. <laughs> Oh my god, bro. That'd be so funny. They'd have to win 10 more games. That's it. Or 10 just, more games, yeah. Just just 10 games. 
Oh my goodness. All right. So Nick also had Lakers. His next pick is Miami. He took them at 48 and a half. He and took the right, under. He took the under at 48 and a half. And right now it's officially jumped to 47.5. So it's only it's only dropped one one game. So he's earned a game though. He's earned a game towards his under. So that's saying if that if the 47 and a half hits, that means he hits his bet. So he's earned a game. And then Set, uh, his last pick, he has OKC under. Under 23 and a half. They've actually gone up to 25 and a half. Oh, wow. Yeah. Really? They've yeah. they've got some big upsets this year that nobody saw coming. They beat the Lakers, even though their Lakers are a bad team. It's a team you're supposed to lose to. Uh, but they beat the Lakers, um, and they just, they're a scrappy team. They're, you know, we talked about SGA and Giddy. So um, they have some nice young pieces, but dude, they're, they have eight wins right now. <laughs> I don't know how the line moved. Like, Maybe I, the schedule gets easier. All right. That's uh that's very interesting. So uh let's move on to your picks. Uh like like I said earlier, we both had Memphis over, but here we'll go with the one contrarian pick on this board. I believe you and Nick have a bet on this, the Miami over under 48 and a half. Yep. I I I I'm gonna have to go back and listen, but I do know we have a bet on it. And this, I know what you're gonna say. This is I just why we have you as an intern. Just get with the just to... get with the intern. He he writes all these things down so that way we can call back to it. Uh, I knew that was coming. I was waiting for the first jab today. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we have that. I'll go. We'll bring it up uh, next week. I'll go back and look at it. Um, but the only things I have different are Boston and Philly, uh, and and the Knicks. Oh, and I took the Knicks. All right, so uh, for Philly, I took them over at fifty and a half. Unfortunately, we've been injury stricken in COVID, so now it's forty-eight and a half. So that's not looking good. Yep. So you lost. You lost uh, two games on that. Yeah. Uh, the Knicks is, I think, is one of the teams that's not on here. Let me see here. Holy shit! The Knicks are twelve and fifteen right now. I forgot about that. And the 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 Hawks, dude. What a conundrum the Hawks are. Oh, so the Knicks moved from forty-one and a half to thirty-nine and a half. I took the over at 41 and then I took Boston over at 45 and a half and they are now at 42 and a half. Oh yeah. Boston. God. There's those three teams. It's so funny. You, you, you chose those three teams and they're just. Like I said, I don't pick winners. Fade whatever (laughs) we say today. It's the theme of the podcast. I finally understand the project or the mission. <laughs> hey, fade us, baby. That's hey, we tell you fade us for a reason. So, with that being said, we'll go ahead and get to the first ever room 303 power rankings. We stopped at 10 because uh, the intern didn't want to help anymore. So, yeah, no, fuck that guy. Um, yeah, the intern, what a bum. He has a, <laughs> he has a big head, too. The All biggest. Right. <laughs> so, I'll let you do evens and I'll do odds. All right. So, we did, like I said, we, like he said, we went from 10 to 1. Um, 10, we have the Miami Heat. Um, they're 16 and 12. They are one of the teams dealing with some crazy injuries. They lost Bam. Uh, Jimmy's got the bone bruise in his tailbone. Um, so they're struggling to put games together. But um, they do have a plus three point per game difference. Uh, what's it called? They're top 10 in assists per game. Almost every other category, they fall outside of the top 10, though. So I, I feel it's funny because we were trying to find stats for all these teams and – it just this, you, you you asked me like seven times, Eric. Wait, what do you have on the Miami Heat? And I was like, I, nothing, man. They're 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 a top ten team because of their record and they play good defense and stuff. But stats wise, they don't show it. 
Yeah, so we actually got to about this point, right? Started from the top down, obviously. I, that's, that's how we were making our power rankings. We got to 10, and God, 10 is an amalgam of underperforming teams clusterfucking around with nothing but holes. And it, we kind of settled on it. We settled on Miami Heat being the 10th best team based on season performance thus far. And uh, one of one of two things that we've got is uh, we wanted to just mention briefly is the Heat and Chicago were fined for tampering in the Kyle Lowry, Lonzo Ball sign and trade deals. And they lost a draft pick, uh, second round draft pick as as the consequence of that result and the Miami heat have 73 man games missed and uh, six players currently hurt or sick. So they've been dealing with uh, uh, just a rash of injuries. I mean, Victor Oladipo hasn't played for them. Bam and Jimmy are about to miss their 10th games respectively a piece. And then they had a bunch of rotation guys, key minute players that, that come in and spell and play with reserves that also miss. So that really messes with rotations, uh, chemistry. But Eric Spolstra. He, he finds a way to put it together. And I will say that was probably the hardest part about making this top 10 list is is uh, there's so much teams being affected. There's so many teams being affected by COVID. And we know it's probably going to continue happening all year. So, you know, you see these like, this, you know, the teams go on 20-game uh, win streaks, 17-game win streaks. It's, it's Lucky that that happens now because they're lucky they have those players for that many games. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, I mean, we were talking about, you know, early season darlings, Washington Wizards, Charlotte Hornets, right? Toronto Raptors, not on this, that will not be on this list. You know, there's a, there's a host of other teams. I mean, we expected things from Dallas and Denver. They won't be on this list. Portland Trailblazers won't be on this list. And then you have the Lakers and Sixers. Yeah. You know? I think people will be surprised by a couple of the people on this list. Um, and some there's some big omissions. And I like I will say, I think Philly full health is a top 10 team. I don't think the Lakers full health are a top 10 team. I don't. I, that's so scary to say. I don't think so either. Yeah. I don't. I, they have to move Russell Westbrook, and AD has to stop being a bitch. But anyway, enough about the Lakers, bro. Uh, who do we got at nine? So nine, we have the crosstown rivals for the Los Angeles Lakers, and the crosstown is literally point one uh, <laughs> feet. <laughs> so you have the Los Angeles Clippers coming in at sixteen and twelve. Um, they are currently sitting at fifth. In the West, the Heat were fifth in the East. Um, yeah, right now they have a plus 1.9 points per game differential. They are winning this season on the strength of their defense. Their de- the defense for the Clippers this year is giving up uh, 104.3 points per game. And uh, they're tied for this, currently for the second longest win streak in the league with the team who's number five on this list. And we'll get we'll get to that here in a bit. Well, it's a little foreshadowing. One thing going against the Clippers, and that's why at towards the end of this list, we started putting negatives as well as positives. The Clippers have played 19 home games and only nine away. So the rest of their season schedule, it could be make or break for the Clippers. If you see a slide, I wouldn't be surprised based on their offensive 
I don't ineptitude's not the word. Struggles. Struggle is probably a word. So they're 10 and four in games decided by five or less. Like they're the cardiac kids, they're they're winning games like very, very close margin. I, I was gonna say, um, they have that uh plus one point nine point per game differential. And if we look at the list we compile here, that's the second closest. Yeah, out second, of all of them. Second worst, yeah, exactly. Second worst, yeah. So uh, they're winning these games and they're playing great defense, but it's, they're they're close games. Yeah. And Nick always likes to talk about that, right? The the luck factor. The luck factor is a very real thing in sports. Sometimes it's you know, they even have the the idioms and the clichés in the American language. Oh, the ball bounced his way. Or, yeah. the, or the call broke his way. That's literally the Clipper season right now, and if you're looking at 19 home games played, out of it's 41, you know, so they only have so many more home games to go. I would look at the Clippers as a team to kind of fade for a late run rest of the season, unless the barring some trade deadline magic. And I agree with that because a couple of the players and I forget the kid's name, they called them up. They're relying on dudes that aren't doing this in day in and day out in the league, right? They got guys that are stepping up for brief moments. But in a full 82-game season, you have to have those guys that show up every night in and out. And they just don't have that outside of Paul George, I think. Yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> it's it's Paul George. That's why he was my preseason pick for MVP. Like, the man is hooping, too. So you, you got to give it to him. Uh, so moving on, uh, with the eighth at the eighth spot, we have the Memphis Grizzlies who are 17 and 11, currently fourth in the West. They have a plus 1.8 point per game, uh, differential, which is the lowest out of all the top 10. Uh, but in the last eight games, they do have the number one defensive rating in the NBA. So, you know, small sample. And they've been doing that without jaw. Um, they've had players step up. Jaws missed the last nine games. Direct correlation. Good defense, no John Morant. Hey, it makes sense. It makes I sense. Just, I just wanted to point that out. I mean, we know the jaw hate is real. That's why, you know, I had to open, you know, our little session today with the, the little jaw goat Morant comment for you. But, um, yeah, they've had players step up. Desmond Bain, 27.2 points per game in his last five games since he became a starter. Um, Jaron Jackson's killing it. He missed a lot of time last year. Um, right? Did he miss the full season last year? Who are we talking about? Jaron Jackson Jr. No, it came back at the end. Came back at the end. So, yeah, they got a lot of players back. Um, they're a gritty team. They are missing jaw. They've put a good, nice run together without him. Um, I expect them to be a playoff team. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, direct correlation. John Rat leaves. They go on a winning streak. <laughs> Their defense gets better. Yeah, and, hey, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll trade them for, we'll trade them for uh, Ben Simmons. We'll take jaw. They can have Ben. Uh, you know, that it's actually – all right, it had to be Ben Simmons plus parts, but I don't think that really hurts the Grizzlies that bad. No, they still have their offense, and they only get better defensively. Yeah, God, that would be crazy. You know the length they'd have? Ben Simmons, Dylan Brooks, Jaron Jackson Jr. Desmond I mean, Bra- Bain. Brandon Clark, Desmond Brandon Bain. Clark. Steven, Steven Adams. Adams. <laughs> that'd be a big-ass team. Bro, that'd be a wild team. I would not want to – I would just like, stop! Let me dribble the ball. <laughs> All right, so moving on, we have um, – coming in at number seven, we have the Chicago Bulls, 17-10, second in the East. They have a plus 2.6 points per game differential, and that has been severely crushed in the last two games. 
<laughs> it's it's uh yeah it's been rough so as we opened the show not open but as we mentioned uh the beginning of this segment um chicago has 10 players on in covid protocols right now including zach levine demar Derozan, kobe white uh alex crusoe's hurt he's not actually in the pro- protocols but we have javante green alizé jones Derek jones jr like we called up Stanley Johnson using the hardship exemption. Stanley Johnson got COVID. <laughs> like, it's 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 so bad they had to cancel the Bulls' next two games because they they were like we we don't know, and because of that the Bulls are five and five in their last ten, and that's what plummeted them down this list. Without that, the Chicago Bulls would have been much higher. They are one of the surprise teams in the league, except for yours truly, but that's because I'm biased. <laughs> so, um. Some some stats for the Bulls. DeRozan and Levine have been the Bulls' highest score every game this season. And both of them are on COVID right now. Every start, every starter has led the team in assists one time this season. Starters for the Bulls are Lonzo Ball, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, um, Javante Green, and Nikola Vucevic. So well, Javante Green got thrown in later because Patrick Williams uh, broke his broke his wrist for the and is out for the season. Yeah, the Bulls uh, not having the most luck, and it's classic Bulls. <laughs> but I, I will say, at full strength, they are definitely higher than a seven in the power rankings. They definitely earned that two seed in the East. Um, they're a scary team at full health. We haven't even seen Vucevic at his best yet. He's he's you know he's the slowest one to come around to, to fitting in. Um, I will say though. Watching, like, I don't I, – you try to watch as many games as possible, but I, we play fantasy basketball, and I have Zach Levine on my team. And it just distorts my perception of the Bulls because I expect, you know, so much from this dude. He's on my fantasy team. And then I look up, and I'm like, DeMar DeRozan's 34 points. It, the whole team is just balling out of control, and that's why I get so mad at Levine because sometimes he doesn't have to do everything because they're so well-rounded. All five guys that start are well-rounded great basketball players yeah but zach levine still averages 49 fantasy points a game like it's not enough and you're you're like i want 75 even though nobody really gets that regular like it's insane anyways we're not gonna get into eric's unrealistic <laughs> expectations yeah that's uh, why, that's why he watches hentai <laughs> moving to six <laughs> what anyway <laughs> what that's what we're doing on the podcast today. Nick's gone. And all the rules are out the window. I didn't know Nick was the the law, the order keeper here, uh, bro. I slid that in slick too, bro. dude. I didn't even catch it. Then I had to process in my head hentai, and then I had to think, what is hentai? And then when it clicked, I was like, oh, this bastard. Oh my god! All right, let's move on to number six. What a slide joke, bro. That's so oh, good. Man. Number six, we have the Milwaukee Bucks. They're 18 and 11. They're currently sitting third in the East. They have a plus 3.6 point per game differential. Um, We haven't seen them at full strength all year, but when they do have uh, Drew, Chris, and Giannis playing, they are 12 and two. Uh, Best record for a starting, or one of the best records for a starting, or core starting lineup. Um, They also have two of the top five catch and shoot players in the league, which is perfect for the kind of basketball they play. Uh, Pat Connaughton is one with 7.8 points per game from catch and shoot threes. And Grayson Allen is five with 5.8 points per game. And both are shooting above 63% this year. What an unrealistic is, number. 
the sixty three percent. Yeah, that number is insane. Like I, I, I'm reading the stat, and I understand the significance of the stat, but I'm like, listen, you get paid millions of dollars to stand in the corner and wait till one of the greatest basketball players throws you an open shot. So they should be hitting sixty three percent. I'm glad they do. They've earned it, and they're they're shooting lights out. Uh, but we've seen what. Well, they are the defending champs. But we've seen what happens to teams that rely on the three too much. I.e. Yeah. the team you hate the most. Yeah, fucking bums. All right, so um, yeah, as Eric said, this was one of the teams that we debated about probably the most on this ranking, and it's because of that twelve and two win the big three play. But you have to take into account everything, and that's how we settled with them at six. The defending champs don't even break top five currently. And Chris uh, Middleton did just go down with the the, the hyperextension of the knee, so who knows how long he's going to be out? Yeah. Dude, they've had some bad luck with injuries this year. Like, they started, and it was like Giannis and Grayson and Allen were carrying the team. Oh, and Giannis just went into COVID protocol. And like Giannis an hour is in COVID. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So we could probably see them dip soon. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I feel like every team on this is going to dip. And then we're going to be talking about how the Sixers and Lakers made a run <laughs> at the top of this list. Uh, So coming in at number five, we have the Cleveland Cavaliers. Cleveland Cavaliers. 17 and 12, fourth in the East. Uh, damn, bro, that was a lot of noise you just made on the mic. Oh, my bad. <laughs> Plus 4.1 points per game differential. Second hardest schedule to date, which is crazy. The Cavs already had 17 and 12, have the second hardest schedule to date. This is kind of what we foreshadowed when we were talking about uh, over-unders, you know, win totals. Uh, Nick has the over of the Cleveland Cavaliers at 26 and a half. They've already played pretty much a hard, the hard part of their schedule. I think it's like 16 of the last 18 games they've played have been against opponents with winning records, which is, is rare because there's a lot of bad basketball teams out 13 there. 13 out of the last 16. Yep. Oh, 13 out of the last 16. Um, they're t- they're currently tied for the second longest win streak. This is something else that we foreshadowed when we talk about the Clippers as well. And they currently had the longest win streak in the Eastern Conference. So, I mean, and this was this was what kind of, I guess, bumped the Cavaliers for Eric and I above the Milwaukee Bucks. Not only were we not expecting it from the Cleveland Cavaliers, which is kind of why we got them to five, anyways. But they're top five in offensive and defensive efficiency. Now, I will say the defense isn't that surprising because they play one of the biggest lineups in the league. They have a lot of very versatile pieces with Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. And uh, they don't have DeAndre Hunter. They have, right? They Do they have DeAndre Hunter? Or is that the they Hawks? Have, they have uh, – the Hawks have Hunter. Yeah, they have uh, Okoro, Isaac Okoro. Isaac Okoro, yeah. They're the same player to me. I don't know why, <laughs> but they're the same player. I always have to – Double check which one it is. They have Isaac Okoro. Uh, Colin Sexton's out for the season. Yeah. And it's kind of made this team better. It's a blessing in disguise. It's made them better with an addition by subtraction. They traded for Lori Markinen as well from the Chicago Bulls, who's been providing them valuable stretch for minutes. It seems like he's more comfortable with no expectations. And Darius Garland, you know, He's playing well enough to where he could be one of those uh, coaches' picks for all-star. We'll see. There's a lot of really yep. good ball players in the league. But if they keep winning, you kind of have to have someone represent them. So when I asked you earlier um, 
uh, if you knew the uh, which player has the most assists to a single uh, teammate on on a on his team this year, number two, Darius Garland and Jared Allen. Yo, Jared Allen's been balling, and I love it, dude. And he's a defensive player of the year candidate. The dude he eats everything at the rim. Bro, it's it's almost not. He's like. And I don't know if this is going to be slanderous, but he's like a more athletic Dikembe Mutombo. Slanderous, yes, because Dikembe is one of the, you know, da- da- an all-time. I mean, he's a, he's a Hall of Famer, but, like, Dikembe was IQ. He was skilled. Yeah. Like, Jared Allen's just like, just nah. <laughs> no, that's the thing. He's 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 bringing that IQ to his game now. I don't I, I forget the name of the coach in Cleveland, but they're doing wonders with this kid, man. He's moving without the ball. He's setting screens. He's rolling to the rim. Darius is it's it's he's playing some really good basketball, man. It's the it's the Italian coach, isn't it? Uh, his name is like not something that oh no, it's JB Bickerstaff. Is it really JB Bickerstaff right now? Guess so. Holy crap! Congratulations. Yeah. I was he the was he the first uh, head coach of the Charlotte Bobcats? Uh that I'd have to look that up. It'd be <laughs> nice if we had an intern to look this up while we're talking. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. I just keep thinking Jamie Bickerstaff was the first head coach of the Charlotte Bobcats, but he's also not that old, so it doesn't it do, it doesn't feel right. I'm just gonna go ahead and say I don't think I'm correct. It was Dick Harder. <laughs> I swear to God, that's a real name, dude. <laughs> H-A-R-T-E-R. Hold on, I got to walk away from this real quick. I, I can't believe that just came out of my mouth. <laughs> you Did you just say Dick Harder? Dude, it, it just, I saw the name, I read it, and then I processed what it was after I said it. <laughs> dude, there's no way that's the Look, guy. I swear to God, there have been 10 head coaches for the Hornets franchise since, you know, since they're originally the Hornets. And then the franchise's first head coach was Dick Harder. Yeah, that's just Charlotte Hornets. Who was the first person to, who coached the Charlotte Bobcats when they started? I think Dick Harder is like, that's also, first of all, I'm glad that we looked that up because it's, it's, it's hysterical. But, oh, my God, Dick Harder. That's, that's that man's name, dude. Bernie Bickerstaff, his father, 2004 to 2007. Charlotte Bobcats, bro. You you got the first ever coach of the Hornets, like when oh. it first became a team. <laughs> I Good can't believe I can't believe that that's a name. That's gonna be one of my favorite <laughs> trivia questions now, because that's awesome. But yeah, oh. so Bernie Bickerstaff is his father. He coached the Charlotte Bobcats, and JB is now coaching the Cleveland, the upstart Cleveland. <laughs> what a ridiculous name, dude. Dude, I can't. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and move on to number four. <laughs> number four, uh, the Utah Jazz, 19-7, and seven, third in the West. Try to cons- control yourself here, JC. Uh, they're a plus 11.1 point-per-game differential. That's insane. Yeah, but they lost seven games, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. So they have 4.5 more points per 100 than the second best team. They have 117.5 points per 100 possessions. Yep, that's number one in the league. Uh, Atlanta Hawks are number two. And they've scored 130 per 100 possessions three times this season 
only a couple other teams have done it once this year. And when we were talking about earlier, what we pointed out with what we think the biggest issue with the Jazz, or what I think with the biggest issue with the Jazz is they, yes, they shoot the three ball extremely well. But in a seven-game playoff series, they get bullied. They can't rely on Rudy Gobert as much as they need to, an anchor center for a playoff run. And this year, they went from 14th last year in points per game in the paint or field goal percentage in the paint to first this year. And Rudy Gobert shooting over 80% in the restricted area. So we talk about his defense. We know how great he is. We know they got the shooters. We know they got Mike Conley. They have a mediocre coach. But Rudy Gobert is changing his game. And I think they might have more playoff success, but I still don't think they're a championship team. I don't see it. I don't. (laughs) Here's my issue. Rudy Gobert is great at defense. But yeah. he's the only player on that starting five who's good at defense. True. Like Royce O'Neal, is he, is he a starter? No, he comes off the bench, right? Yep. Royce O'Neal is like their next best defender besides Hassan Whiteside. And you're you're never in a playoff series going to be able to play Hassan Whiteside next to Rudy Gobert. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to work. Not Yeah. So you I- run a pick and roll, and Gobert is at the three-point line. Once you beat him, you're at you're at you're at the you're at the bucket, and that's what happens every year. The coach can out coach Quinn Snyder, and he can get Rudy Gobert away from the bucket, and then it's just easy bucket after easy bucket after easy bucket, and you're not beating up on bad teams. I just don't see it with the Utah Jazz. I'm gonna stick with it. You can. They can prove me wrong all they want, but they haven't done it yet. No, I, 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 I'm changing my stance on them a little bit. Um, I guess I was just blown away last year with the record-breaking three-point shooting percentage and Jordan Clarkson and 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 Joe Ingles vying for six men. So I, I felt like they had a team that could, but the same things like you said that that caused issues for them last year haven't really been resolved, except for the fact that Gobert scoring more points doesn't change anything on the other side of the ball, which. I didn't think about you brought that up. That makes sense. Yeah, they probably are going to fizzle out of the playoffs. It's the same. It's the same team. They're just running it back. I mean, they added Rudy Gay, who Rudy Gay has been a, a plus defender now in his older age. He's not going to do anything. In the, he's not going to be able to guard the best players in the postseason. Like he's not that guy anymore. Like I, do, I don't see how they answer to any of their problems. They're just running it back, and now Gobert scoring more. But I guarantee, if you go look at his points, it's all assisted. It's not like, hey, go bear. We're gonna throw you a ball. You're gonna take three dribbles, make a move, and score the bucket. Because that's what you need in the postseason. You need a guy who can go to the paint and get you those two points. And they still don't have that. That's why losing Derek Favors was a big deal. Derek Favors used to have that post game, and they let him walk. And they were like, we're gonna replace him with Hassan Whiteside, who's Rudy Gobert light. Are, are the Jazz a victim of their sport? Just there's a there's a regular season way of basketball and there's a playoff way of basketball, and they're just not built for the playoff way. Yeah, mm, uh, I would say they're a victim of their own. Well, how they uh, created their team? Yeah, they didn't want to address any of the issues. They said we're going to run it back. Yeah, but, like look, respect. If you prove me wrong, you run it back and you and you do something this year, then tight. I don't see it. I've been watching a fuck ton of basketball for a very very long time. I don't see it. But we'll move on. We got uh, at number three, Brooklyn Nets, first in the East. 
3.7 points per game differential. Haven't lost back-to-back games all season. I think the same could be said for the Warriors and Suns, though, right? Uh, the Warriors haven't. The Suns have. The Suns have. Okay. They, so, they had that awful start where it was like one and three. That's right. That's right. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. So the Warriors and the Nets, who are the title favorites, I think the, the Nets are plus 250. The Warriors are plus 600. Um, and they were the first team with 15 conference wins, which means they are beating up on conference opponents and stacking that record in hopes of getting that one seed in the East. They're also another one of those teams that's top five in offensive and defensive efficiency. Um, yeah, it's the Brooklyn Nets. They got they just got hit with COVID and injuries, like we said. Bruce Brown, James Harden got put on the list. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge was already on the list. Um, Blake Griffin's been benched. <laughs> you know, I don't think it's Kevin Durant. He's not on the COVID list, is he? He's not on the COVID list, no, not yet. All right, so he's about to have to play 48 minutes. <laughs> Yo, here's a crazy thing for you. They've He's leading the league in scoring, and he only has one performance over 40 points, which was the 51-point outburst the other night. But he's he's not scoring in bulk and having off nights. He's consistently just putting up 34, 35 a night. Oh, so, yeah, so his, his entire career then. <laughs> so, like, pretty much the dude kept putting streaks together of like, oh, Kevin Durant's going for 56 in a row for 25 plus points. It's like, yeah, dude, the dude is, is tremendous at basketball. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's insane. And it's never, ever these flashy explosive games. It's never like Kevin Durant just drilled 12, three pointers. It's always like Kevin Durant took 20 shots. He has 33 points. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's like, that's well, it's it. Probably the most efficient player in the league right now. I'm, I'm sure He's there's right. a stat that could prove that, but he might be the most efficient volume scorer ever. Yeah. It's him or Jordan. Because Jordan's mid-range game was elite. Yeah. It's elite. That's how he chopped down all those tall trees in the 90s. But we're not getting into a Jordan conversation. Go ahead and hit us with number two. Uh, number two is the Phoenix Suns. Uh, they're 21-5, and five, second in the West. They have a plus 6.1 point per game difference. Again, another team... Uh, with the top five offensive and defensive efficiency. So we're seeing the trend here. The top teams are both in the top five there. Uh, crazy stat for you, though. Their starter is DeAndre Ayton. Everybody wants to debate Luka, DeAndre, blah, blah, blah. I'll say this, though. When JaVale McGee gets inserted into the game, their defensive rating goes from 110.5 points per game, per 100 possessions, I should say, to 101.4 per 100 possessions. That's that's insane. Your that's, starter is giving up nine more points than your than your backup. Uh, well, that's a team thing, though. Jamel McGee erases a lot of deficiencies. He's uh, Jared Allen with no IQ. And maybe that's he's, maybe that's defensive because he's he's a terrific ball player. But I I just wanted I just wanted to get like a comparison. That was probably a little more offensive than I meant it to be. <laughs> he's he's a multi champion and he's a gold medalist. Let me give I, this man some respect. I think the reason I found it funny is I feel like that's something Shaq would say on the Shaq and the Fool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love JaVale McGee. I wanted the Bulls to sign him because we didn't have center depth we still don't that's why we keep getting crushed by the sixers and other big teams like the Cavs. the the lakers clearly missed this man yeah they went with dwight howard yeah dude it's look i'm not talking about the lakers anymore they stick (laughs) the phoenix suds 
are dude, they're still winning without Devin Booker. Like it just like DeAndre Ayton was hurt for a little bit. It's like Chris Paul's like, don't worry, I got it. Just get healthy for the playoffs. Frank Kaminsky balled out for them for like a 10-game stretch or something like that. Like when you're making Frank Kaminsky relevant, you know you're a good team. Like, no disrespect to Frank. He's a pro ball player for a reason. Like, he's got talent, but like one of the talking heads said that this is the deepest team in the NBA right now. Ooh. As far as how deep they can go into their bench and how those players coming from the 11th and 10th spot rotation are still having an impact on the game. Man, that's an that would say, that's an interesting. Mm, that's pretty. That's an interesting take. Now, I don't know I, if it's I, out of necessity with injuries or if it's just home. Oh, uh, Monty Williams is running with a deep bench. Yeah, well, the Suns do have a really deep team. A few teams off the top of my head: Chicago Bulls, mm-hmm. um, Utah Jazz have a very deep team. Obviously, the Golden State Warriors because they they get production out of their rookies as well like they just develop rookies well in golden state whoever their player development coach is he needs to get hired somewhere else so that way golden state could fall off because i'm over about talking about this team and with that being said we'll move on to number one uh yeah it might be the suns that person might be right but uh golden state warriors coming in at 22 and 5 are first in the west they lead the league in points per game differential with 11.7 and our top five in offensive and defensive efficiency. And fun little nugget um, for this. This is essentially the guy they got when KD left town, right? They they went they went a long way around to get there. <laughs> but, you know, uh, Bob Myers strikes again. He knew he was going to lose KD. He got D'Angelo Russell instead, right? He got D'Angelo Russell and and something and then he got then he moved d'angelo russell into andrew wiggins and something (laughs) and and i don't know how he keeps doing this he just keeps trading these people into something and something but maple jordan aka andrew andrew wiggins the the canadian kid is their x factor He's 49% from the field goal range. He's 41.3% from three-point. Wiggins is in the 98th percentile for matchup difficulty, which means he's guarding the best player on the other team all but 2% of the time he's on on the court. And he's the 94th percentile for positional versatility, which means he's in the top 6% of players who – guard multiple positions like he's become a true do-it-all weapon for this team he's scoring points he's the most efficient he's ever been he's one of the stats for andrew wiggins he's he gets 1.59 points per game on cuts to the basket leading the league like the entire nba andrew wiggins is leading the league on cuts to the basket on easy on easy points he's shooting some a godly percentage like 70.4 when he's within 4 feet of the basket and it, it's like i said this the other day to just friends who were sitting there watching the game i was just like the warriors made andrew wiggins a player they did that system the coaching, like you said, they develop people, rookies and existing players, or players with that have been around for a minute. It's unreal. Getting Andre Iguodala back as well has yeah. has proven to be one of those secret boons. You're not going to see it on the stats. 
even watching Andre Iguodala, sometimes you're like, ah, he's not really that guy anymore. But man, he makes a difference for that team. So I was I looked up that stat that you said in regards to him. Do you? Uh, so he's in there in the top two uh, percent, and then Draymond's in there. Miles Turner's in there. That Matisse, dude can move his feet. Matisse Thibel. Here's an interesting one. Evan Mobley. Rook- yeah. Evan Mobley's been balling in, in Cleveland, bro. I I love to see it because everyone's just like, you can't take a big man in today's game. Blah, blah, blah. What's he going to do with Jared Allen? And then the, then Bernie, I mean, J.B. Bickerstaff goes out there. He's like, you know what? I'm starting Laurie Markkinen. I'm starting, I'm starting Evan Mobley and Jared Allen. I'm like, bro, they're all 6'10". Bro, Evan Mobley in one-on-one situations has 222 situations where he's gone one-on-one against uh, a player and not allowed them to score. Number one in the league. Holy crap, that's impressive. As a rookie, that's amazing. As a rookie. And then Matisse Thibault, who actually has the number one defensive rating, is the smallest player ever to average over 2.1 blocks per game. And he does it on like 24 minutes. Bro, that's insane. They need to play that man more. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, the, the crazy part shoot. also is Draymond and uh, Andrew Wiggins were top five. For and Gary, Gary Trent fell right outside of there for the Raptors. Okay. <laughs> Why are we talking about Gary Trent, dude? I'm just saying. Uh, all right, let's Trade move on. Trade him for Ben Simmons. Let's move on. So last week's head-to-head matchup, uh, Nick had – Arizona minus three lost because he couldn't he couldn't pick his uh his darling. I had Tampa Bay money line uh hit that W and Eric had Washington football team plus four in spite of the betting nuggets. Listen, <laughs> listen to what I'm saying. We told Dak you you Prescott, were gonna miss it. Dak Prescott played a game where I should have won that damn bet. But Michael Parsons had to fuck around and live up to his, you know, expectations and destroy that Washington football off- off football team offensive line. That was a heroic performance. They won that football game off the back of Micah Parsons' work because Dak Prescott looked absolute shit, and I should have won that bet, but it is what it is. We told you not to take it. We gave you the reasons why, and you still took it, and then you lost. So suck it, baby boy. Dude, I don't think I've ever wanted anything as bad as I wanted Washington to win that game so I could <laughs> fucking rub it in your guys' faces. I was watching that game, and I was watching the ticker at the Chiefs game when I was watching the Raiders get blown out. <laughs> <laughs> and I ha- I was watching that go, and I'm like, yo, Eric's losing his bet. <laughs> it was 18-0, 18 fucking zero, and I, I just stopped watching. I was like, this is – I'm just torturing myself. And then I hear some commotion, and it's, you know, 27-20, and there's a chance for the Washington to come back. I tell myself, don't get excited. You're not going to win. But I do. And then I'm <laughs> heartbroken and depressed for two days because then i got to sit on this podcast, you know? Well, if you didn't take the bet, if you would have taken Dallas minus four, like we said, you, you would have won. But with that being said, uh, the new records, did you update these records? I did update the records, yes. Oh my God, Eric! It's officially embarrassing for you. It's not. It's not. You, I'm. I'm. You, I'm doing. I. T- I finally got the mission, dude. I finally understand protocol. 
Fade me. I'm I'm picking winners, baby. You're just picking the. If you're following me, you're not listening to the protocol. He's <laughs> just saying. He's using my motto now, ladies and gentlemen. Eric, after jumping out to an early lead, is now four and nine, and he's cold as could be. It's like he's doing the ALS ice bucket challenge on his betting. And I, who started out a record zero and eight of just absolute terrible play, is also four and nine. Hey, Amen. But you're breaking your own rules. That's all I got to say about that. I'm four of five in my last five. And Nick is sitting at eight and five with four games left. I need Nick to lose out in order for me to tot. It's a wrap. Unless we had the playoffs. It's a wrap. We'll have to discuss that when uh, Mr. I do everything for the podcast comes back. Uh, I feel like we should because – I think it's absolute horseshit that this dude put a winning streak together off the back of the same team. Yeah, so this is a rule that I'm going to have to implement ne- next year. I didn't want to do it mid-season, but you know, we're not going to be able to pick the same team twice. Or maybe we don't pick the same team twice in a row or three times in a row, but yeah, you can't just pick the New England Patriots when they're getting great lines every week. We're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. It's going to be like a team eliminator. Like, what do they call it? Survivor leagues. Yeah. I like yeah, that. We'll do something like that because yeah. this is ridiculous. We're over here trying to find good value bets for the people there. Nick's like, well, New England keeps winning. I'm just going to do that. I will say, though, he's picking spreads. To to that argument, he's picking spreads. He's not just picking money line. So I'll, it's cool. Like, we still should change it, but he is picking the spread. So that's cool. Oh, fuck, Nick. You can't even make it to the podcast. Yeah, flatten his back right now. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely icing in that bum. <laughs> Learn how to climb a tree. All right, Eric, so give us your biggest surprises and disappointments for uh, week 14. Biggest surprises and disappointments. Uh, biggest disappointment, I would have to say the Arizona Cardinals. They just blasted the Rams. This is the game where you put your foot you know, on their neck, and you'd say, this is our division now. And they didn't do it. OBJ looks refreshed now, but he's in COVID now. He's in COVID protocols now, but he looks refreshed. That defense was playing hard. Matthew Stafford is a great quarterback. And I thought this was a game that the Arizona Cardinals should have won. I thought they should have gone in there and said, hey, this is our division now. You guys had your turn. We're going to do it. We got Kyler. We got young coach, young core. They just blew it. Which is the theme of Cliff of Cliff Kings uh, Cliff Kingsbury? Before I fuck that up and have something else that you guys can make fun of me for for the rest of my life. Quiet da- down there, Tampa Tam. <laughs> I'm so done with you. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, biggest surprise. Uh, hold, hold on, just to add on to your Arizona Cardinals bit. Uh, Arizona <laughs> Cardinals have dropped three games this season, all at home. They've lost to the Carolina Panthers at home. Kyler Murray didn't play that game, uh, or Kyler Murray got hurt that game. One or the other. Um, they lost to the Packers because AJ Green's controller died, and and now they lost to the Rams at home and gave the one seed to the Green Bay Packers, who kept pace with them and had the win over them. So they had the de- deciding tiebreakers. So that loss was a very big deal. All right, go ahead. What's your biggest disappointment? That was my biggest disappointment was the Cardinals. Sorry. Biggest surprise 
is going to go to two offenses. No, we'll go to one. We'll go with the Denver Broncos. You where was this both. at? You can do where was Where was this at last week? Who did the Broncos play this week? The Lions. Well, that's why. I don't know. This is the NFL. You do it week in and week out. doesn't matter the competition. Where well, was it, this at? It really does. There's a reason why we, we stream quarterbacks against the Lions. And um, uh, I guess I was going to say the Chiefs, they haven't been playing good defense, but was it Spagnola? What's his name? I always forget. Yeah, Steve Spagnola. He really has turned that unit around. It's unreal how good that team has gotten. Yeah. It's it, like and th- that's yeah. I think that was seeing them against the Raiders was I had to turn that game off man I felt bad it was bad I was there live uh, I was just bullshitting with Chiefs fans I was drinking maple whiskey with one of the guys or not peanut I was drinking peanut butter whiskey and I was like yo you know that started in Ocean Beach like right here where I live like that's fucking tight uh, yeah Chiefs fans were great uh, I sat there we both cheered against the Raiders after a while because it got embarrassing. And then we kept checking the Saints scoreboard because they made the Jets look good. <laughs> so, uh, fun fact, four teams have been eliminated from the playoffs. Jets, Texans, Jaguars, and Lions. Shame. RIP. All right, so, man, biggest surprise is disappointments. It's, I mean, look, dude, it's got to be the Baltimore Ravens. They had the injury, though. What injury? Lamar Jackson left in the second quarter. Yeah, Huntley looked better. <laughs> True. Look, all I'm saying is the Ravens lead that division, and you're like, are the Ravens winning again this year? <laughs> like, like, they expect Lamar Jackson to play. They don't have any cornerbacks. They can't stop a nosebleed. Here's, here's what's really crazy. If you look at the standings, right? If you go to the standings and you look at the division, the Browns are now one game back from winning that division. Yeah, seven and six. <laughs> Dude, like it's the Ravens. It's the thing. <laughs> like you just beat the Browns. You just beat them. This what, like, a, like two weeks ago, right? Like two weeks ago, yes. Yeah. Bro, and then, so here's the real crazy thing is like, I, what was I going to say about that? No, it's just, well, anyways, seven and six, Cleveland Browns, Baltimore Ravens. If the Ravens don't win this division, I'm going to laugh. And I hope they don't because I need Cleveland but to get, get 11 wins. Can we fault them for that with all the injuries? Yes. You just said it's the lead, it's the pros. You literally just said this with discussing the Broncos over the Lions. Yeah, but the Ravens didn't cost me money like the Broncos did. Well, okay, well that's <laughs> all right, dude. Well, you know, I can't, I can't, I don't have anything to say to that. But I have Cleveland over ten and a half wins. I need them to win out so I can get that. <laughs> so I can hit that bet. <laughs> so here's to you, Cleveland, um, man. And the biggest surprise. That's a good question, man. That's going to be tough for your Cleveland bet. They got the Raiders, Packers, Steelers, Bengals. Yeah, the Raiders I'm not worried about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after last week's performance. <laughs> They've looked bad on defense for like a very long time now. Um, Man, biggest surprises. It, 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 there's like, it's just so many. It's like, 
Dallas Cowboys could have a quarterback problem. Um, the Saints for sure have a quarterback problem. Um, what was it? The San Francisco 49ers, their playoff run feels miraculous to me. I just thought they were dead in the water and now they're they're competing. And then this one is the crazy part. Uh, the Seahawks. The she the Sheacocks in all their infl- infinite glory are somehow vying for this last playoff spot. They're uh, what is it? I think the 7 seed is Washington right now. They're 6 and 7 and the Seahawks are one game back of them. So, and also Rashad Penny, the first round pick from what, like three or four, three years ago is a thing now, or is it just the Houston Texans? Talk about a second act, dude. <laughs> Talk about a second <laughs> act. My God. Oh man. I mean, he did play the Houston Texans upcoming. They have, I believe they have the Rams this upcoming week. They do. They have the Rams, bears, lions, and Cardinals to close out the season. Damn. That's a pretty Pretty good schedule. I think you could win. I think they could win all four of those games. <laughs> uh, they really could, um, especially considering the Cardinals like to not show up in divisional games. God, the, Car- the Cardinals. I I remember when I was just like, the Cardinals have the best record, but somehow the Buccaneers have the higher percentage. Well, Vegas was right again. Cardinals fucking suck. <laughs> all right, so let's go ahead and move on to our head-to-head. Um, so Nick is not on this podcast. He submitted a bet of New England, whatever the spread is. I'm not going to give it to him. He's actually going to take. He's actually <laughs> going to take Browns. He's not here to bet, so he's taking Browns minus three. Browns minus three. That's what he's getting. Shit. I see. And you won last week, so you're second. Hell yeah, baby. Hey, I'm walking in this Browns minus three thing. I bet. Give it to him. He's not here. He can't tell me no. (laughs) Bum. (laughs) All right. Who do I like this week? Do I take the Panthers plus ten and a half? (laughs) You got got so quiet, dude. I I, I had to process. I had to look at who they were playing in the problem. No, don't take that. (laughs) <laughs> have you seen Cam Newton play football lately? It's not good anymore. Have you seen the Bills play football lately? Hey. You know. <laughs> he, he didn't like that answer. Oh, I can get Bengals dogs. Do I want that? You don't know which Broncos team's going to show up, but I think I it's a good bet. I know, dude. The Steelers plus one and a half versus Tennessee. At I don't home? understand the Steelers, man. At I home? really don't. The Steelers just lost, right? Oh, they lost to the Vikings. Yeah, on Thursday night. That's right. Ooh, do I bet the garbage bowl? <laughs> Texans versus Jaguars. One of them's getting a third win. It's not the Jaguars. The Jaguars are favored. The Jaguars aren't winning that game. <laughs> I, I think they pay, They were like, they're home? Okay, we'll give it to them. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. So minus three is home field advantage. So that's usually how they, they attribute home field advantage. So they just gave Jaguars minus three. Like, 
Oh my god, that's so bad. Um, man, there's a lot of really bad football teams this year. All right, I'm gonna go ahead and take. I don't know what I want, dude. There's a lot of good bets. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take. Let's go Steelers. Plus one and a half at home. Plus one point five. Yeah. Want to lock that in? Yeah. If not, I'm taking the Texans plus three just for fun. But I'm a, I'm going with the Steelers. <laughs> Waiting for me? Yeah, of course. Uh, you know how, you know how I had that goes. <laughs> Uh, man, I'm looking at the board and I'm torn between a couple, but I'm gonna get freaky with it right here. I'm gonna go Los Angeles Chargers. Oof, that spread is huge. No, it's plus three, dude. Oh, wait, hold on. Who's playing the Lions? It's not the Chargers. Sorry, Lions are playing the uh, I just saw right now, where is it? Uh, Cardinals at 13 and a half. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, <laughs> the Chargers are plus three against, but I want to take a money line. Oh, wow. You just want chaos, and I love it. I'm here for it, bro. I'm going LAC money line. They're at home, which doesn't mean shit. You're giving up points? You're going to take money line? Yeah. What's the fun in in rooting for a two-point loss? Fuck that noise. Give me the win. Okay. That's Thursday night. You're going to be out the way early, big boy. <laughs> Check back uh, on my mental health status on Friday. Oh, what's this? You got to delete New England plus two. We don't get that. He's not here. Uh, this is going to be great. I, yeah, dude, I can't wait till he comes back and he lost. That's what you get for not being here, bum. <laughs> Fucking loser. I, uh... <laughs> What's it called? Are we doing uh, – we, well, we don't have Nick's uh, little tidbits to give. Are you? Are we going to give more picks? Or are we uh, just rocking yeah. with the head-to-head today? Uh, we can give a few more. Like I was saying earlier, man. So, dogs are barking this year. Underdogs have been smacking. So, New England plus two and a half is what the Lions sits at currently. That's a good bet. Um, Let's see. Man, Miami minus eight and a half against the Jets seems like a layup. <laughs> like again, don't you know fade us so you can take all these bets, parlay them, because <laughs> I'll be wrong. Uh, Pittsburgh plus one and a half at home against the Tennessee Titans. Who you know their defense is good, but that offense is still sus, and I don't know if I trust them um, to go on the road. No Derrick Henry, no AJ Brown. Julio Jones is back. He played a limited amount of snaps, obviously because if he does a full workload. His hamstring gives up. Um, Houston Texans plus three is just a fun garbage bet. Bengals are dogs in Denver. Uh, monitor the weather, but Bengals plus one and a half. And if you can get that line, if that line moves, that'd be a fun bet as well. Both teams seven and six. So pretty, pretty uh, important matchup. Then you have the 49ers minus nine against the Falcons. Uh, no, I don't like that bet. Don't touch that. And then the Seahawks play the Rams. 
I'd stay away from that as well. Green Bay is a four and a half point favorite on the road. We don't know the status of Lamar. Yeah. Which I true. think if he does come back, that line might move. Yeah, that's that's true. Uh, monitor that, but honestly, Green Bay minus four and a half. I think I like that. That that secondary is going to get crushed. So fantasy tidbit: uh, Alan Lazard dart throw. <laughs> like that's going to be that'll be fun. And then as always, Saints money line. Ten and a half point dogs. I'll take it. Hell yeah, bro! Take the points. We gonna whoop with, that ass. We always no quarterback. We always getting that ass, dude. Taysom Hill about to get 187 yards on that big booty. Until the refs blow it for you. God, you could just you just you look. If you watch a Saints game, you could just see it coming. <laughs> it's bad, bro. It What's it bad? I, I did want just a quick. I want to hear you rant for a second. I know you guys got rid of find him and cut him, but I think there's a guy who deserves to be find and cut right now what do you make of all this urban meyer shit (laughs) oh my goodness (laughs) there's no rant necessary if you listen to nick and i before urban meyer didn't deserve this job urban meyer is a horrible situational coach urban meyer was good in college football because he recruited better than everyone in college football but when it came down to clock and play calls, and knowing what to do when the time is right, Urban Meyer can't get there. Urban Meyer had the first overall pick and took the quarterback that couldn't miss, and in the last six games, Trevor Lawrence has one touchdown pass. One. One. And I think six interceptions? It's something like that. It's it's unreal. Marvin Jones is a good wide receiver, and somehow the players that you are using are Tavon Austin and Jamal Agnew. Like, you're so loyal to Carlos Hyde, who played for you at Ohio State, that you bench James Robinson on some pathetic, petty little thing because that's what you are. You're a horrible person. I'm not just – that's – it's contextual everywhere he goes. He's a horrible person and gets into some sort of shenanigans. It's, for me, the thing is you have a locker room full of coaches who most of them have NFL experience, something you don't have. And then you come in here and you start telling people, I'm a winner, which your record doesn't show that. Your NFL record doesn't show that. And you're asking people for their resumes to prove if they're a winner. Dog, what have you done? And you're – you're disrespecting your own coaching staff in front of your own players. And these are grown men. You're treating. It's just, he's got to go, man. Look, if he survives this, it's an indictment of the entire Jacksonville Jaguars organization, which if we're being honest, eh, it's kind of expected. It's par for the course, which is incredibly disappointing because they have an oddly loyal fan base. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. I'm at a Titans-Saints game, and the Jaguars show up in their Jaguars jerseys to a Titans-Saints game. I guess they wanted to see good football, but they're still repping their team. Got to respect it. It's unreal. Urban Meyer in press conference is asked about X's and O's and didn't even know certain players came on back to the field. Yeah, he's got to go, man. How do you not know that? I'm not there, asking much. There's a standard that, you know, 
you have to meet the NFL standard, and he's just not doing it. He's he look, he's not there. He, I mean, he's, he's not, not he's there. not flying back with his team. He's going to his restaurant in Columbus. Like, come on, man. It's a bad look all the way around. Look, the minute you, as a rookie NFL head coach, uh, excuse me, as a rookie coach, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't even think he was ever a coordinator in the NFL. So, college years. College to the NFL. This is your first year in the NFL, and you're questioning men who have been doing this for years? Like who the offensive coordinator for the Jaguars? I'm pretty sure used to be a head coach. Let me check this real quick. Oh, Daryl Bevel. Was he ever a head coach? No, I just maybe I just know him from other places. Uh 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 uh. Why? Why did I sing that song? I don't know why that popped. Up I, I was. I, I'm bobbing my head to it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so he was the Lions' interim head coach last year. Okay. When, when they fired Matt Patricia, that's why I thought before that. they got a uh, Dan. Yeah, before they got no, no. Oh yeah, I guess they went from. Oh, it's Matt Patricia. I almost called him Dan Patricia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, that guy has has been just as successful as a head coach as you have. <laughs> like, like Where's the line? Oh, my goodness, dude. Like, uh, look, that, there's no rant necessary. Urban Meyer is not a good football coach. He's a terrific recruiter. So, hey, when the Longhorns hire him, I guess I have to root for him. Oh, God, no. <laughs> All right, you got, ruin the night. You got anything else for anyone? No. Uh, no. Appreciate you for letting me do the show. Fuck Nick. Hope he makes it back safely though, and make sure you don't get on your back anymore, Nick. Uh, Nick's only good on his back. <laughs> uh, <laughs> follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Podcast Room Three Zero Three. As always, we appreciate you guys for listening. Like, listen, subscribe, and we'll see you next time when you come on down and step into the room. <laughs>